needs. Notice that it wasn't about the individual person. It was about they saw a need, they met a need. They served. Selflessly serving. You know what know the marks of a healthy church or a healthy follower of Jesus, a healthy Christian? Do they selflessly serve generously to other people? The answer is yes. That's a healthy church, regardless of its size or location, regardless if it has a permanent building or in a movie theater. If they give, if they serve, that's health. Do you do that in your life? That's what this is all about. Listen, um, I, I love this, that as, as, as how could they make a difference? Because they're being poured into every morning. Every day as they're praying together, as they're worshiping together, they're knowing God, they're being filled up with God's presence, with the power of the Holy Spirit. But they don't just keep it to themselves. That's where maybe a lot of followers of Jesus kind of go awry because they just, oh, this was just a great day. I felt God and, and this was wonderful and that's it. No, 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 Understand why you're filled with his power. Understand why you pray. Understand why you're filled with his presence every day. It's not that you can be a reservoir and keep it to yourself. No, so you could be a river and pour it out to other people around you that don't know Jesus. That's how they were able to make a difference. That's how any church makes a difference. When we realize it's not about what I can get on a Sunday, it's what can I give on a Sunday. Why? Because, man, God fills me up every day. So I don't necessarily come to church to be filled. I mean, yeah, we want that, of course. But, but I get filled Monday through Saturday or Monday through Friday in my time with Jesus. But now's the time to make a difference to pour out to other people. That's what he wants for your life. Listen, I believe saved people, served people. In fact, Jesus is the one that said that. Jesus said many, many times, I didn't come to earth that you would serve me. I came to serve you. And he did that literally. He did it uh, spiritually. When he gave his life for us, physical, when he died, that's why he came. In fact, the most, one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible, John 3, 16, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that no one would die without him. But if you just believe in him, give your life to him, you can live with him forever. God is a giving God. He is a serving God. God saw, I mean, you understand, that's what the Bible is all about. If we could just sum it up in one short, all the theology, all the doctrine, sum it up in one phrase. God saw a need in your life and in my life, and he met that need through Jesus. He saw that not all the power in the world, not all the money in the world, not all the economy and the politics in the world, the military in the world, nothing could rescue a broken human heart but Jesus. And so God gave. You, I believe this, you'll never be more like Jesus as to when you give, when you see a need and you serve a need. In fact, at Pathway, we believe this so much, we've built this into our bylaws as a church. And you know it's a good Sunday when you can talk about bylaws on a Sunday morning, right? Uh, the most boring thing ever. Um, but we built that into our bylaws that says we will, from day one, give away 30% of our income. 30%. Now listen, that's great, but that's not where we want to end up. It's been my vision from day one that God will help us as we continue to grow that we could give away 50%. That's the vision. That's, that's where we're going. You can clap for that. That's where we're going for that. We want to give away 50%. Right now, it's, it's, it's a third. So a third of every dollar that comes in goes right back out into our community, goes right back out into reaching people, serving our community. We're not satisfied. We want to make that 50%. But I just want to give you some, some things of what you have done. So if there's ever a day you could pat yourself on the back, today would be a good day that God has used you to do. And, and some of you are like, well, I didn't, I wasn't there for that. Yeah, but if you gave, you saw a need, you, met, you gave, then 
this is part of it. Because we just take what you give and we leverage that to make a difference in the community. So here's some things of what God has used us at Pathway to do just this year alone. And not just this year, but since August. So not that long, just a couple of months. Just I want you to hear about what God has done. We have fed, you have fed, every teacher at Parkland Elementary School breakfast, and here pretty soon we're going to feed them all uh, a Chick-fil-A lunch. In a, in a couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to do that later on in November. And you've done that. You, you gave to that. You may not have been there the day that we gave it to them, but when you do give financial, that's what we do with it. You just, it was a back-to-school thing. It was the day before school started, and we've adopted Parkland Elementary School here in Yukon for the whole year just to love on them. We do that every year. We try to adopt a different school. We weren't able to do it, obviously, during the last two years of COVID, but now we can. So that's, that's what we want to do. So you were, you were part of that. Um, you bought supplies for the Yukon Spirit Athletic League, which is uh, an athletic league for those with special needs. And so, and we showed the picture that, that they sent. We didn't, and, and when I've contacted these places, I said, hey, look, what do you need? We don't want anything in return. We don't want to get our name in the paper, although I don't know who still reads the paper. But we don't want anything in return. We're not looking for a shout out. We're not looking for a, we just, we, we, what do you need? We want to serve. And so they were so generous. In fact, the employee at the rec center said, be, sent me a private email and said, because of your generosity, it opened a door for me to share about my faith to a coworker who is very critical of other Christians because he thinks all they care about is money and they're very self-centered. And because he saw your selfless generosity that you didn't want anything in return, you met this need that we had, he really opened his eyes up maybe for the first time to hear about Jesus and I shared my faith. That, yeah, that's awesome. And that coworker doesn't even come to Pathway. I mean, so it's fine. Like, but that's what your generosity did. And, and so we were able to buy uh, basketball jerseys for them. And we were able to buy life jackets for a thing that they have and, and baseballs for, and just a bunch of things that they needed. And I've told, hey, anytime you need anything else, you let us know. If it's not in the city budget, you let us know. We, you, you guys bought all of the back-to-school supplies for our Pathway teachers. So we have several teachers at Pathway. Yeah, we love our teachers. You guys, they, they, right before school, like, hey, what do you need? Again, we find a need, we meet a need. Acts chapter 2. They said, well, we could use this, this, this. All right, we got it. And so you did that. You did that. All the needs that they had for the, for the year, you met that. It was incredible. We've adopted, as we said, Parkland Elementary for the year. And so um, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, we had a serve day at Parkland. We call it a serve day because, again, serving a need. And so we, we went to Parkland, went to the principal, and we said, hey, what do you need at the school? Anything? And she said, oh, man, I've got, what don't we need? We get this, this, this. Okay. They gave us a thing, and we all met there on a Saturday. One of the biggest projects was they have this shed on the side of the building that um, just kind of is a storage shed that they've had since forever, and it's deteriorating. The bottom of it was, was just it was made of wood, and it's rotting. It's falling apart. I said, would you replace the siding on the shed? And we said, sure. And so we went. We bought the materials. We went there on the Saturday. We, we, get, we start tearing out the walls, and we're getting ready to do it. About halfway through, uh, we realized that the floor, even the Joyce's, the, the foundation, if you will, was completely rotted. And so we said, hey, uh, you know, we told the school, um, the principal, this is really beyond repair. What do you want us to do? And uh, she said, just wrap it in a blue tarp for now. And so if you drive by Parkland and there's a blue tarp on a shed, 
we did that. So, uh, you know, I guess if you want to uh, clap for that. But, but uh, here's the thing. I, as I've been communicating with her back and forth, the principle of, uh, hey, we don't want to just leave it like that. We're not that kind of church, okay? What can we do? And, and uh, she said, honestly, we would like a new shed. And uh, I said, okay, uh, what kind of shed would you like? And um, she sent it over this week, and, and it's, to be honest, quite a bit more than what we had in the budget. I didn't tell that to her. I'm telling it to you. We see a need, we serve a need, right? And so uh, I said, okay. Uh, this went from a really quick, easy project to now something that's pretty intense, but that's okay. That's what we're all about. And so she said, yeah, you know, we could use this shed. And I said, all right, you know what? Uh, we don't quite have it yet. Let me, let me figure it out. And I'm going to bring it up to our people and see what they say and see what they do. And so you have an opportunity to give later today. And, and listen, whether you have $5, whatever, it's going to go, part of it, again, to helping make that shed. And as soon as we get the okay, as soon as we get the money, which won't be long, we're going to get a brand new shed for them, for their school that they can have for decades and decades to come. So we're excited. That's what you have done. They still have, I asked them, there's 50 teachers at Parkland. I said, do you have a wish list for your teachers? And she said, yeah, they gave us this wish list. Many of those items have been met. Many of those teachers have what they need, but there's still some that there's still items on that list. So later this week, we're going to send out through text message uh, a link that you can go to the wish list on Amazon and buy those things. And, and uh, Or if you want to buy it at the store next time and bring it here on a Sunday or just drop it by Parkland and just say, hey, this is from Pathway. It's this is the, the wish list thing so they know you're not some weird person off the street. Uh, you know, that would be great. But that's what we're all about. So I said in the beginning in August this year that this, this next year or so, we're, we're really going to do all three. We're going to help people know God, find family, and make a difference. But if there was a season at times where I, as the leader, since God led us, wanting us to lean in on one of those areas a little more, we're going to do that. And I really sense, Pathway Family, that God is wanting us to lean in pretty heavy on the make a difference, serving our community. So we're going to hear that a lot, not just now, but in the spring, in the summer, in the winter, we're going to hear it over and over ways that we can make a difference and serve our community. Not because we want to pat on the back or we want to shout out or look at what we did to beat our chest and say, no, we're like our, our brothers and sisters, our ancestors in Acts chapter 2, where they saw a need, they met a need. That's what we want to be like because that's what God is calling us to do. Listen, I believe this. What we do matters more than anything else on planet Earth. I've said that before. What we do matters more than the moon landing. It matters more than the newest iPhone. It matters more than the new EV vehicle. And all those things are great. They're wonderful. But what we do, none of those things have eternal significance. None of it. But what you and I do of serving our community matters. I mean, who would have thought that when we buy some jerseys, uh, you know, for, for uh, the Spirit League, that it would open up the door for a coworker to share his faith in Jesus to another coworker? What you and I do matters. It has eternal significance. That's why we take it so seriously. It matters. With all that we have, we, I believe, are the answer to our community's needs. I believe that. Every need that our community would ever have, not just Pathway, but all the churches in the area, all the followers of Jesus in the area, we are the answer. Wouldn't it be great if the community would turn to the church first and then, you know, other organizations second? That's what they did in Acts 2. That's what we want to be known for. We want to be known that, man, if there's a need in the community, we don't call up City Hall, and that's fine. 
But we call up this church or this church or this Christian or that Christian because, man, they meet needs. And they're not looking for a pat on the back. They're not, they, just, they just meet needs. That's what we want to be known for. We are the greatest answer to our community's needs. I believe our community should be better because we're here. It should be better. Everything about our area should be better because we're here. That's our vision. That's our heart. I believe this, that when we focus more on the community, the community will focus more on the church. When we focus more on meeting needs, more on serving other people, it won't be very long until the community was going to take notice, and they're going to begin to focus more on the church. And I say church, I don't mean just pathway. I mean Jesus. They're going to focus more on him. And they're going to turn their eyes from all the division and all the chaos and all the hectic and all the problems out there, and they're going to turn their eyes from that to Jesus. That's why we are here. That's why we exist. By the way, none of this, you don't need a building for any of this. It's not like, well, when we get a building as a church, well, then we can, no, 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 let's do it now. We've been doing it now. Let's continue to do it now. That's our heartbeat. I believe that we want to be a church that influences our culture for Christ instead of being influenced by our culture. Man, that's our heart. We want to influence every avenue of culture for Jesus rather than be influenced by it. So, again, I see two elements. Just like when we talk about know God, there's two elements. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And then secondly, are you, are you spending time in prayer every day? And that's the two elements of know God. Find family is pretty simple. Are you connected with other followers of Jesus? They're going to help you, encourage you, care enough to confront you when you have issues in your life. But then when we talk about make a difference, I think there's two elements as well. And this is the first one, a church that selflessly serves the community. Look, we're not as worried about changing the world. We just want to change our world. That's our vision. And so we, we, we're all about international missions, and we give to those things, but we want to really help change our world. But I think the second element of that is make a difference, not just collectively what we do as a church, but individually it matters just as much. So I would say it like this, that found people find people. If you have been found, and, and, and in other words, you have a relationship with Jesus, now it is your mission to find other people and bring them to him. Found, found people, find people. As we said many times before, there's three main reasons why this matters so much. So the first part, we talked about what we do as a church, serving others. Now, what you do of reaching other people with the message of Jesus called the gospel is incredibly important. The first one is this, because heaven and hell are real, literal places where people will spend eternity with or without Jesus. What you and I do of sharing our faith, telling other people about Jesus, matters so much because eternity is on the line. Sometimes I think we go through our daily life and we forget that, unfortunately. Or we don't take it that seriously. You should. Heaven and hell are real. Do the people in your world, in your circle, where will they spend eternity in this moment? I think the second one of why it matters is this, to be, to be honest, and, and I say this lovingly, but to not share your faith is the single most selfish thing you can ever do in your life. To not tell other people how Jesus has changed you and what God has done in your life and, and how he's uh, healed you and, and restored your marriage and forgiven you of your sins, all of the above, given you hope and purpose. To not tell that to other people is the single most selfish thing you can ever do. No, we have a mission Eternity's on the line. I don't want to be selfish. To not tell them is selfish. No, I want to tell them. And the third one is that God wants to use you to reach those around you for him. 
You have to stop viewing your job as an obligation and start viewing it as an opportunity for the gospel of Jesus. Stop viewing it as a, I have to go to work every day. No, no, I get to go to work, not because the work itself, but because I get to tell people about Jesus. In other words, God does not have you at your job to make money. He can bring money to your pocket and to your bank account anyway. He's God. We just say he's a God of miracles. He can bring money. Just read the Bible. He brought birds sometimes. There was a, They had to pay tax one time with Jesus, and they caught a fish, and they the exact amount of tax they needed was in the fish's mouth. Weird, crazy stuff, but God can do it. So God doesn't have you at your job for the money. He has you at your job for the people. Therefore, live on mission because you are a missionary when you go out and when you're in the community, in your neighborhood, at the school, in the sporting events, your coworkers, your family, your friends. Live on mission. God wants to use you. You're like, well, yeah, but I'm not really a pastor. God doesn't need a pastor to reach people, or he would put a pastor there. Well, I don't really know what if they ask me a question. I don't know. He's not asking you that. Just tell them what God has done in your life. Look, you got to start viewing it that I, and, and maybe, I don't know, bragging, you know, not getting prideful because that's sin, but of I am uniquely qualified and placed by God to be at this place at this moment in my life because he knows he wants to use me to reach these people for Jesus. I mean, he could have brought anybody else, but he chose me to do it. What an awesome responsibility. I mean, what an awesome thing to think. That I am uniquely I mean, I don't even know that much about the Bible, John 3, 16. I don't even know what that is. But he uniquely put me here to reach them for him because he has. In fact, the New Testament letter of Romans says that pretty much word for word. It says that how can people ever give their life to Jesus if they never hear about Jesus? And how can they ever hear about Jesus if they're never sent? And how can they be sent if no one tells them? I am sending you today. I am telling you today, go. That's what Jesus said. Go and make disciples. Preach the message of Jesus. Not stay. Go. That's what we want to be known for. Listen, I believe this, that seeing people accept Jesus is the single most exciting thing you'll ever do in your life. It really is. That person that you've been praying about and praying about for, for weeks or months or years, when they finally give their life to Jesus, I promise you, is the most rewarding and exciting day you'll ever experience in life. Think about it like this. You are the answer to their prayers. You're the answer to somebody's prayer. Who's to say that that person that you, that you have a, a relationship with, a family, a friend, coworker, whatever, you have a relationship with them, that they don't have a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa, aunt, uncle, a friend or another Christian in another state or another country that is begging God, not asking, begging God, God, please send someone to my friend that would tell them, and not just tell them, but live the lifestyle, that they would be bold for you, that they wouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. They would tell them about you, God. God, please put someone in their life. I am praying. I'm begging you, God, please put someone in their life that will share their faith. And God has put you in their life. And you don't even know it. But as you're going through work and, and all of a sudden you're working at the Yukon Rec League and a coworker says, man, I thought all Christians were X, Y, and Z. You're like, well, you know, yeah, some of them are. But we're all messed up, broken people. But I can tell you, it's not about following the individual Christian. It's about following the Christ of Jesus. And that's what we all are, are here to follow. And let me tell you what he's done for me. And now all of a sudden that coworker has someone begging God, and you are the answer to their prayer. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but you are the answer to somebody's prayer. 
Don't keep it to yourself. Share what he's done in your life. Listen, always point people to God's best and not their worst. I mean, that's just what we live by. We said that from the beginning. That's our vision every Sunday. That's, that's our vision for individual lives. We always want to point people to God's best and not their worst. Most people, unless they are incredibly arrogant, most people know how messed up their life is, right? I mean, most people know, man, my life is really upside down. It's really messed up in this area. So you coming along saying, your life's really messed up in this area. Do you know how bad it is? I mean, do you really know how, how just jacked up your life is? And they're going to be like, yeah, I do, and you're not helping. But instead say, you know, hey, I want to point you to God's goodness, that things that we don't deserve, he gives us anyway, grace and mercy, salvation, a relationship with him. Every week, we want to point people to God's goodness in their life. Look, it's really hard to judge others when you're focused on reaching them for Jesus. It's really hard to judge others when you're focused on praying that they would receive Jesus. It's really hard to post online what you think about their political views when instead of posting, you're praying. Man, that's a sermon right there. Like, I just, that'd be a series maybe, right? Like, like just hashtag whatever you do, okay? Uh, but, but, but that's what we should be focused on. I'm not so worried about posting. I'm not so worried how I'm going to vote in a couple of days. No, no, I want to pray for them. I want to reach them for Jesus. And I want to point them to God's goodness, not their worst. That's what we're all about. Listen, stop waiting for the right time. Now is the right time. Today is the day Jesus said that. Look, because the field is ripe with harvest. What he means is there are people today that would give their life to Jesus if you would just go tell them. I mean, people today, we're not talking about another country. We're talking about right here where you live. If you would just tell them. Their heart is ready. I mean, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. It's easy. All you got to do is just tell them. Stop waiting for the right time. Well, when this happens in my life, when I can learn what that John 3.16 thing's all about, because I've seen it at WWE and NASCAR, but if I can learn it for myself, no, 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 no. Now's the right time. Today is the day. In the first church, they didn't even have a building. They didn't have a budget. They, didn't have, they just, man, now's the time to tell people about Jesus. They didn't even have the New Testament written because it was being written. Most of them couldn't even read. But they tell people about Jesus and how he changed their life. They lived with no excuse. How much more should you and I live with no excuse of telling people about Jesus? I think it all culminates in this. This is, I think, one of the big takeaways is be part of something bigger. Be part of something bigger. And so that, that's our heart. I, I believe, and we'll talk about this in the next few weeks, but we want to be known for what we give, not what we get. We want to be known for giving and not necessarily receiving. In fact, Jesus said that in Acts later on. You're going to hear that a lot during Christmas, and most people don't know it came from Jesus, but it's more blessed to give than receive. Hashtag Jesus, the OG that said that. Okay, and so it is. It's better to give. Wouldn't it be great if we could say at your funeral that, you know what, they, they weren't perfect and, and, and they whatever, but the one thing that really stands out about them was, was their prayer life, was that they loved, they, they selflessly served. And they were, it was never about them and what they could get. It was about what they could give. I mean, just, just they just gave. As a church, wouldn't it be great if we could be known for that? I mean, we're a praying church. You want to see some miracles? You want to see God move? We're a praying church. We're a church of his presence. We're a church of discipleship, of, of, of being fruitful and being healthy in God's word. But we're a church that gives, that serves, meets a need, 
serves a need. I think of it like this, and there's, I could spend all day just telling you the vision that, that, that I believe God has given us of, of ways to serve and make a difference, needs in our communities. I'll just give you a couple. Wouldn't it be great if, if all 50 teachers at just Parkland Elementary had everything they needed for the school year so they don't have to dig out of their own pocket to buy school supplies? I mean, I just personally think that's a travesty. I don't care political pay, I could care less. But I think it's a travesty that teachers who should be so highly regarded in our communities, and I, and I believe that they are for the most part, but even more so because they're just, they're the best. And, but that they have to dig out of their own pocket to buy school supplies to do their job of teaching our kids. No, they should, it should be that there's a surplus in the budget every year, that they have more than enough. Well, where sometimes the school system, and it's no one school system's fault or educator's fault, but where maybe they don't have the budget to do that, the church steps in. We'll step in. And that's what we're doing for Parkland. All 50 teachers had everything they needed. Wouldn't it be great if all the students, we told that to the beginning of the school year, hey, if there's students that maybe can't pay their lunch bill, you let us know. We don't need to know their name. We don't, we just, we're not going to single them out. We'll just give you a check, and that will pay for their, school, their lunch bill for the year. We just want to meet needs. You guys want siding on a shed that turns into buying a brand new shed? We'll talk about it, but I think we can do it, right? And so that's what we're all about. Wouldn't it be great if in your subdivision there was a small group? It doesn't even have to be an official pathway small group, but just a group of Christians that meet together and then they serve people in your, in your neighborhood. That as you drive by, it's a big vision I've had of every subdivision in Yukon and Piedmont, Mustang, I already know. West OKC, that there's a, there's, a, there's a small group in every subdivision, just a, a community of, of Christians that get together on a regular basis to just do what they did in Acts 2, love each other, serve each other, serve their neighborhood. And I think the, the, the third one, maybe the biggest one at this point would be, how great would it be if, if that person that you're praying for right now, a year from now, they're sitting next to you? How great would it be if the person you are praying for, God, open up a door. God, give me an opportunity to share my faith. And after the message today, I, I want to be intentional this year, not just this week. And if you don't answer the prayer, God, or if it gets awkward or I'm afraid of getting canceled. No, 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 no. I want to pray with boldness. That's what they did in Acts 2. But how great, I just want you to envision that. The person that you're praying, maybe it's a group of people. A year from now, six months from now, they're sitting right next to you. And you're discipling them. That's why what we do matters. That's what Make a Difference is all about. What we do as a church, serving our community, and what you do individually by telling those around you about Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your word and for your truth. We thank you that you didn't just tell us to kind of figure it out on our own, but you gave us a very clear example from your word of what you want us as individual Christians to be like, but then what you want the larger church to be like. And Father at Pathway, help us to live that out every moment in all that we do. And Lord, help us individually in our lives probably live this out every moment of our lives as well. That we would know you and have a relationship with you, but spend time in prayer. But God, help us to be connected in relationships because we can't do it on our own. You didn't make us to live life on our own. We need other people. And Father, help us to make a difference because it's not just about us. It's about serving, seeing a need, meeting a need. Father, we love you and we thank you. I pray this blessing of Acts 2 
over every person in this room, over every home, over every neighborhood, over our city, over our communities, and over Pathway. Bless it, pray for it, and give it to you in the name of Jesus. As we're just continuing to pray right now in this moment, we're all just praying, but today, if, if that's you and you would say, I, I want to know God. You talked about that a little bit, Brian. I want to know God. That's where it starts. We're not asking you to join our church. We're not asking you to find religion. All that's fine. We're asking you and giving you an opportunity to meet the very one that created you that will change your life like you can't even begin to imagine. And if all that we ask you to do is simply raise your hand, you don't have to stand up or come to the front, but, but just right where you're at, I want to give my life to Jesus today. The rest of us, we're just praying right now, but that's you. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just simply raise your hand, and I'd just love to pray with you in just a few moments. Man, thank you. Thank you. Let's all say this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for loving me. I believe you're God's son. I believe you died and rose again for me. From today on, I give my life to you. I love you. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let's give a hand for those that prayed that, made that decision today. Man, congratulations. That's the best decision you will ever make. Welcome to the family.